we encourage you guys um, not to, only to lose Backstreet Boys if you can this winter because you might gain one. Uh, don't get distracted. Why am I saying that? But... Um, uh, we want to encourage you to go on this Galatians journey as we kick off. For some of you, you might have been at church this morning, but for a lot of you, this is the launch of the Galatians series, and um, you need the most out of it by, um, first of all, reading the book of Galatians. Um, so read the book. Um, there's a devotional that you can download in the View Version Bible app. And so it's an 18-day devotional. Um, and you can break it up over the next few weeks where you want to do five a week. But what we also want to encourage you to do is to read through the book of Galatians. We're trusting that God's written word, spoken word, would become a rhema word. It's almost like a 1D to a 4D moment. So why don't you read through Galatians 1 this week a few times. And, and then we want you to learn tonight, but we want you to really grow. And growing comes as you discuss the topic, and that's going to happen in a group setting. So if you've never done a view group, we encourage you to do a five-week view group. So you can sign up for one at our Next Steps area, or you can go online, um, go to our More tab on our website, and you'll see groups, and find a group that suits you, and do that for five weeks. So, so, And then, of course, Join us for all five weeks. Uh, commit to going five weeks in a row at church, not missing out, and getting into this book. Of course, um, we want to, first of all, give you a bit of context. And so even as you read it, you actually read it, the, the book, uh, understanding who the author is and, and who he's writing to. Um, so Paul's the author of the book of Galatians, and he's writing to the church and, and in that area um, who actually are really getting a bit distracted. The reason why is there's some teachers um, in their church who are teaching them to add to the gospel. So the church um, that was launched in that area would have come the, from a Jewish background. Uh, the church really was launched in Israel, Jerusalem. And so you had leaders who had previously focused on the Old Testament and all their Jewish customs. And now they were in Christ, they were saved. Um, and they are enjoying their relationship with God. But, but like human nature, they wanted to add some things to the gospel. And Paul speaking to them saying, you are walking away from the gospel. You are adding things. And what they were encouraging people to do was to obey the Mosaic law. They were actually um, telling men to be circumcised, who got saved. Imagine doing that for your first um, um, growth track class. And then all the guys in church, you need to get circumcised. Everyone leaves the room. You know what I mean? Like, like no, I don't want to join that church. And, and, and Paul's saying, what are you doing? Um, you are are saying it's Jesus plus Jewish customs. It's Jesus plus the Mosaic law, Jesus plus circumcision. And Paul's saying to them, if you add anything to the gospel, the gospel, you lose the whole thing. Um, so this was a, a big deal to Paul and, and Paul addresses it. Um, and, and really he's saying, if, if you lose your way, and, and start to focus on this, you lose Christ because Jesus is the center of the gospel. And he's the one who gets all the glory. And he's the reason we have grace in our life. We don't have grace in life because of what we've done or anything we add to the gospel. The grace we've received is because of Jesus' sacrifice. Don't get distracted. The reason this book is relevant to us is because you and I live in a society that wants to add 
or take away from the gospel. It's normal, it's human nature. You will even try to go, if, you know, Jesus saved me, but I still need to do this. Or if I have this much faith, then Jesus will accept me as His child. And, and, and I don't know if you've ever been in that place where you try to add to the gospel. No, none of you guys. But Paul would come to us and say, don't do it. You're missing. What's getting in your way? Colossians 1 verse 2, sorry, Galatians 5 verse 1 says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Uh, they were pointed to the Mosaic law. And Paul's saying, you've been free, you've been set free by the Son of God. And that's really a foundational scripture for us in this series. That's, that's like the heading. Um, don't get tied up. Your freedom is in Christ. It's not in your ability to keep the law. Um, it's in your ability to have a relationship with Christ, to focus on Christ and to receive the free gift of salvation. And really I said ability, I shouldn't say that. It's in Christ's ability that you say. It's in Christ's sacrifice. It's what He's done. It's a free gift. Colossians 1 verse 13 says, For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. He's brought us into the kingdom of light. And it's a great victory. Galatians 5 verse 7 says, You are running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? And Paul was speaking to people who had distracted, um, speaking to people who were distracted. He's speaking to religious leaders who were distracting others. And he'd say to us, why have you got distracted? You're running a good race. What thought, what idea, um, uh, what religious idea that's not of God has cut in on you? So I'm gonna look at Galatians 1, uh, verse 1 to 10. Um, and then I'm going to teach from it. So here we go. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in, um, and with me to the church in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now He's, he, he's pretty much greeting us and, and laying a foundation for the gospel and He gets straight into it. It's not like Paul to do this. And clearly He's passionate. He's actually upset because so much is at stake. He says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is real, really no gospel at all. Paul's saying if you add to the gospel, you can't even use the word gospel anymore. It's no gospel. It doesn't think what you are doing is you've walked totally away from the gospel. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and try to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. I am now trying to win, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I was still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So Paul kicks off, he greets them, he states the gospel, and then he says, why have you got distracted? And he's passionate. 
This is not how Paul would always write, but he knows so much is at stake. If they grab hold of another gospel, it is no gospel at all. Well, what is the gospel? And really, who are we? Well, Mr. Rubi, that's the best place to start. Who are you in this story? In verse three, it says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins to rescue us. That's us. He, Jesus died for us who were in sin. That's who we are. We are helpless and we are lost. And then Jesus comes to rescue us. Paul focused on that. Now, I need you to hear this. Jesus is the greatest teacher ever. Amen. You know, you look at the Bible, the, the way he spoke, the parables. He's the greatest teacher ever. But Paul says he's the rescuer. And that's what he focuses on. He's not saying Jesus isn't a teacher, but you need to understand that Jesus is your rescuer. If you see somebody drowning at Big Bay, and if you throw them a manual on how to swim, I promise you they will still drown. You can even teach them from the side. Okay, just move your arms, kick your, blah, 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 you know I mean? like, but, but they, they need a rescuer because they are drowning. You and I are dead in our sin. We don't need a teacher. We need a rescuer. Jesus, yes, will teach us. But a lot of people think the church is full of people who are following the teachings of Christ. Yes, we are. But the only reason we're here is because we received the rescuer that Jesus is. We were dead in our sins and now because we received His rescue. And so Jesus doesn't throw a manual out to us. He throws a rope out to us and He saves us. And yes, He uses His Word to transform us. And His Word is a light to our path. But we cannot forget that we are only saved because He came to rescue us. See, if you think that you're saved because you followed the teachings of Christ, you're pretty much giving yourself glory. We do not share in any of the glory. Paul's saying all the glory goes to God because you did nothing to save yourself. He came to rescue you. You were dead. You were hopeless. God didn't just come to, to, to make you better. He came to take what was dead and He made it alive. Don't get distracted. So, so we can do nothing to save ourselves. So, so we dead in our sin. What, what did Jesus do? He rescues us. He gave Himself for our sins and, and God saw it. And because of it, we got the grace and the peace of God. Um, he paid the price for our sin and, and God shows us, of course, how He accepts it. Um, but, but Jesus rescues us. He, it's, he takes our place. He, he dies on our behalf. He takes our place and He pays the price we should pay, but we could never pay. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. It's a gift. You can't earn it, but you can receive it. It's, a, it's revolutionary because other religions say, if you do this, then you can be saved. We understand that if what Jesus did saves us, we can do nothing, but because of the cross, we are saved. Because He paid the price for our sin, do you know that once you've received Jesus' forgiveness, you are free of condemnation? It would be unjust for Jesus to pay for your sins twice. He paid for it once. 
and He's freed you. And if you're in Christ, you are a free person. Don't get distracted. You need to focus on it. And Paul's speaking to Christians. What we learn from Galatians is it's so important for us to speak to each other, to remind us who we are in Christ, the freedom we have in Christ, the price He paid for our sin. Jesus has paid a price for our sin and He paid it once and for all. And he doesn't have to pay it again. If we receive it, we are free. Don't get distracted. We never did anything to earn it. But we give Him all the glory. As Jesus pays for our sin, we're absolutely free of the penalty of sin and the condemnation that comes with sin. What does God do as He sees the sacrifice of His Son? It's all in verse 4 still, because it says, Christ who gave Himself for our sins to rescue us from the present age according to the will of the Father, to Him be the glory and glory forever. Of course, we see that, that, that front end, it says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do we have grace and peace? Because we were dead in our sin, Jesus rescued us. Because we were dead in our sin, God responded with grace and peace. And we see that He accepted the Son because He raised the Son from the dead. He, he accepted the sacrifice because Jesus was raised from the dead. And we see the confirmation that the, the, it was paid in full. That's why Jesus says, it is finished at the cross and, and God responds and you and I can now have grace and peace. And, and Paul is saying, don't walk away from this grace and peace. It is awesome. Why would you try to put other weight on you when Jesus really paid for it all? Why did God do this? Why would God do this for us? Because we cried out to Him? No. Because we deserve it? No. It says there in, in, um, in verse 4, this was done, not because of anything we've done, but according to the will of God the Father and Father. That's what Paul says. You were dead in your sin. Jesus came and He rescues you because of this was God's will. God initiated it. We did not ask Him to rescue us, but He saw that we needed rescuing. And, and I love that scripture. It says, before the foundation of the world, Christ was slain. Before the problem, the solution. We didn't contribute to the rescue. He decided to rescue us. He decided to send His Son to earth to die just for us. Jesus dies. He accepts His Son's sacrifice and now makes available to us grace and peace. I've shared with you, it's one of the best gifts ever. Come on, you have a fight with your spouse. You, you know, no peace in the home. You know what I mean? It's, you can't even watch your favourite sports team. You're just like, I need to sort this out. Then you make peace with your spouse. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, this is better. Peace is one of the most awesome gifts. And when you wake up knowing that you have peace with God, well, that's a whole nother way to live. That's, that's the best way to live. And God gives it to us. We do nothing. If you somehow saved yourself, maybe you can pat yourself on the back. 
But you can't save yourself. It was God's plan to save you. And His plan was to send His Son. His Son came and was obedient even to the cross, paid the price of sin. God accepted His sacrifice, raised Him from the dead. Now you have grace and peace. So all glory to Him forever and ever. That's what Paul says. So you, so grace and peace to you. Um, you were dead in your sins. God, Jesus rescued you. And, and, and this was God's plan all along. This was God's will. All glory to Him. Amen. He gets all the glory. And so Paul's saying, you know, you saying if you follow these mosaic laws, Jesus plus the mosaic laws, Jesus plus circumcision, um, Jesus plus this. And, and, and so then you're actually trying to share in the glory of God. You know, Rick Warren says, as soon as you make something about yourself, God can't be part of it because he's never shared his glory. And he says that about social media. He says, as soon as you put a post up all about yourself, he doesn't believe God can be part of it. And of course, he's speaking to pastors. Because, you know, some pastors always, you spoke so well, they share it. You just spoke so well, blessed people. Amen. It was all me. I even spoke from my own material. You spoke from the Bible. Oh, you're right. God's material. I want to encourage you not to get in that place where social media is calling you to, to, to try to look more glorious. But the only one who deserves all the glory is Jesus. It's His calling. It's His plan. It's His action. It's His work. And He gets all the glory. The crazy thing is why this actually is so relevant to us is because you and I love to be our own saviors. We want to manufacture glory for ourselves. So that's why the message of Self, salvation is extremely attractive. Some people don't like the gospel. What do you mean? Don't I need to climb lines, head five times, get on my knees, you know, do like sleep on the, like do something to receive the salvation? No, you can't do anything. He gives it to you as a gift and He gets all the glory. What's amazing is when Jesus provides us with salvation. He gives us more than any false salvation out there. Any salvation you're trying to chase. You know, when I get this degree, I'll feel more saved. That's a false salvation. You know, when I get married, I'm going to feel better. That's a false salvation. When I buy this house, it's going to be better. Andre, this country, you know, if I just move to another country, that's a false salvation. You know, um, if we can just get out of load shedding, in Jesus' name, but that's a false salvation. We're on track, Katon. We keep believing. But, but I don't know what you'll feel if I can just get a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Check all these people. I touched the sore point all of a sudden. I didn't even realize it. But, but his salvation is greater than any salvation you can get in this planet. And, and say, once you get that, once you get the peace of God, everything else becomes a blessing. But outside of Christ, everything that you get in this life, you'll ask to save you. And they're all average saviors. You'll ask your job to save you and you realize your boss can't save you. Then you'll demonize them. <laughs> you'll ask your marriage to save you and your spouse doesn't save you. And all of a sudden, I thought you were a different person. You have to actually be honest with him. I thought you were God. I thought you were going to save me. Then you go, well, at least I'll have children. 
your children want anything to do with you when they're teenagers. Say, drop me off 20 k's from the school. Don't tell anyone we know each other. But I thought you were going to save me because you were going to say, Mommy, Daddy, finally somebody needs me. But Jesus saving, that releases everything else in your life to be a blessing. Everything else finds its rightful place in your life once you put Jesus in your life as your Saviour. He paid the price for you. You don't deserve it. He's the ultimate Saviour. But what's crazy is if you want Jesus to be your Saviour, you have to understand for Him to be your Saviour, you have to go lower than you've ever been. You have to go to the place where you say, I can't save myself. I'm a sinner. But if you're willing to go to that place where you humble yourself and ask Jesus to forgive you, you'll go higher than you could have ever hoped, dreamed, or imagined. The resurrection power of God will be put in your life. So, so, so Paul's saying, why would you walk away from this? Because if you add anything to the gospel, you're reversing the gospel. The gospel is the most precious thing. I just made you aware. It's the most precious gift you can ever get. Why would you take away from the gospel by trying to add to it? Because if you add anything to the gospel, it becomes no gospel. See, you and I were saved by the grace of Christ. You accepted by God, not because of anything you did. You accept it because of everything He did. He gets all the glory. He's the focal point. It's the gospel. It's Jesus dying for us. I could do nothing but accept His free gift. I didn't even ask Him to. It was always God's plan. I can't even get any glory. All glory to you, God. Amen. But Paul says, he literally uses the word reverse. He says, you're trying to add to it. You're reversing. You were going, you were on this journey. Now you're like going backward. You're putting weight on that actually Jesus paid for that you've let go of. You're trying to put it like, like why would you walk away from this gospel? You're a free child. You're a son and a daughter of Christ. And if you do add, it's no gospel at all. How would this be relevant to us today? Well, in some churches, you could say, well, if you have this level of faith, you can experience this or receive this. It's saying if, if you approach God in this way, you can receive from the Saviour. It's a focus that your performance leads to breakthrough. But Paul's saying it was always Christ's performance on the cross, laying His down for life down for you. That is your breakthrough. It's always Christ. See, it's not the, the measure of your faith. It's always the object of your faith that brings your breakthrough. And God will give you a measure. But your focus is Him. He gives it you. He's your victory. What's the object of your faith? Is He the center of your walk? There might be other churches that, that teach. Um, it really doesn't matter what you believe. As long as you're a loving, good person, we try to add this to the gospel. It's a liberal thought. It teaches that all people are good, regardless of their religion. They will find God. It sounds extremely open-minded on the surface, but it's actually intolerant of grace. In two ways. First, it teaches that good works are enough to get to God. 
And if all good people can know God, then Jesus' death wasn't necessary. All it takes is you being a good person. And come on, we want to preach that gospel nowadays. Hey? We don't want to say Jesus is the only reason we say. We don't want to preach that. We, everyone's good. You're a good. I'm sure. No, no, that's also a good person. There's a good person. We'd like to throw the gospel out. Yeah, I know Jesus died on the cross, but you're really a good person. The trouble is, it means that bad people have no hope. And that's totally contradicting the gospel. Because what I understand is both good and bad are invited to God's feast in Matthew 22 verse 10. Why? Because of Jesus, not because of man. So if you're saying people um, are saved because they're good, then only good people come to the feast. That makes the gospel offer exclusive, not inclusive. Then we don't need grace. We can get eternal victory by ourselves. And we'll also start to think if we're tolerant, and open, that's the best way to please God. I'm not saying it's hate or I'm saying the only way is Jesus. And you are doing people a disservice by, by not pointing to Christ. If we really care for people, we'll point them to Christ. The last example is a, a church that has many rules, many restrictions, um, and they control how you eat, dress, who you date, your time schedule, and so on. And, and we know we can find a few churches like that, but there are many churches like the first two. And that's what's adding to the gospel. If Paul was speaking to us today, he'd say that's what's adding. That's the prevalent church today. So how do we stay on track? Because Paul was speaking to Christians. He would say, hey, this is what I encourage you to do. This is what I think it said to us. Always, it always goes back to the Word. We do not judge the Bible by our feelings or convictions. We judge our experiences by the Bible. And he says, if an angel or apostle adds to this message, Let them be under God's curse. He's saying, you can't add to the Word. So what he's saying is, you better stay in the Word. The Word's a light you pop. The Word's gonna keep you in freedom. The Word's gonna keep you close, living as a son. You need to stay, give yourself, stay in the Word. And he's speaking to the last church, you need to stay in the Word. Why? Because human nature adds things to the Gospel. You know, when you are adding things to the Gospel, one of the outworkings will be anxiety and stress. Because you always be anxious about your future. You won't be sure about your salvation and you won't experience the peace and grace of God that God has already paid for. And so if you're feeling a lot of anxiety and stress, one of the things I encourage you to do is are you looking at the gospel correctly? Because your future has been secured. 
the temporary might have some shaky moments, but your eternity has been secured. You're a son and daughter of God. You're destined for heaven. Your Father loves you and He's with you and He's paid a price for you. You've got a destiny in Jesus Christ. So stay in the Word. Number two, we need constant reminding. That's why we're here today. We need to encourage each other. You might see a brother or a sister. You might see somebody who's in anxiety or stress or adding to the gospel, putting a weight on they should never bear and, and living under a burden or living in pride. And, and you need to remind them it's only because of Jesus. Jesus loves you and that's what He saved you. There's nothing you can do um, to make God love you more or less. He loves you fully and He paid a price for your sin. Stay in the gospel. Stay in Christ. Fall in love with Jesus. Spend time with Him. Go for a walk. Listen to worship. He loves you, accepts you. You can enter into His throne room with confidence. You can enter in with thanks and praise. You can come boldly before the throne because He's paid a price for your sin. He's interceding on your behalf. He, he loves you. Stay in it. You, need, you and I need reminding. Why? Because we have a more profound freedom than the freedom this world offers. We have a more profound freedom than this, the freedom the world offers. So we need to protect it. And James was saying when we were, we prepped and then myself, James and Dieter had a breakfast. Um, Dieter was just like tucking into breakfast. So James and I like spoke and like, you know, I'm joking. You know, he was also talking. But James mentioned like, you know, we've lived in a country that tried to find freedom through apartheid. such a terrible season in our nation. If we just do this, we'll be safe or we'll have a better future. And it's, it's the ugliest thing. Maybe because of the past, you're trying to keep your freedom by keeping people out who you think are going to hurt you because they have hurt you in your past. So you also got some walls up. Our past built walls to somehow protect their freedom. Now the new generation builds their walls to protect their freedom. But you've got a more profound freedom in Christ. <laughs> you don't need to go down that path. You're a victor in Christ. You don't need to try to protect your world. If God's for you, who can be against you? You have got a great freedom in Christ. You're now free to love all people. You're free to encourage people. You're free to encourage people to run in their lane. You don't need to fight for your lane. God's already settled it. He's already paid a price for your sin. You and I have a more profound freedom. Why would we try to add to this gospel? That it means no, leads to no gospel at all. You want to close your eyes quickly. Jesus, we just thank you for everything you did for us on the cross. paid for our sin, settled our eternity. We are children of God. We have peace with You. You've given us grace, God, and peace because You accepted Jesus' sacrifice. All glory to You. We worship You, Jesus. 
We worship you, Jesus. If you're in this place and, and you need to receive that peace and grace, God wants to give it to you. All you have to do is receive the payment that Jesus made for your sin. If you'd like to receive the free gift of salvation, if you'd like to go low, like I said, and acknowledge that you're a sinner, the Bible says, as we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. If that's you, I'd love to lead you in a prayer where you confess that you're a sinner and then receive the forgiveness that Christ has already made available to you. If that's you, just give me a wave. Say, Andre, I need to pray that prayer. I need to come back to Jesus. I need to receive the free gift of salvation. I need to secure, receive that that forgiveness and, and settle my eternity, that my eternity will be with Christ. If that's you, why don't you give me a wave? So Andre, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I'm in that space. God bless you. Anyone else? I need to receive that. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Remember, you can't earn salvation, but you can receive it. It's a free gift. Anyone else? Just give me a wave. So I, I want to receive it tonight. I want to say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. God bless you. Anyone else? Jesus. Let's pray as a church family. Jesus, thank you for being obedient even to the cross, for laying your life down for me. Tonight, I want to confess that I'm a sinner. Thank you that you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. I confess that you are the Son of God. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead because of this confession and this belief. The Bible says that I'm saved, that I'm changed and I'll never be the same in Jesus' Name. Come on, let's just thank Jesus in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna encourage people who are getting baptised. Why don't you go and get ready, ladies to lace toilets, gents to the gents. If you'd like to get water baptised, it's a public confession of an internal decision. You've received Jesus. The old is gone, the new has come. Um, and you now, um, that's the only prerequisite. In the Bible, people got saved on the same day they got baptised. So we can all take that step. We don't have to wait one more minute. Uh, We can actually take the baptism step and declare publicly that Christ is our Saviour. There's a promise in Scripture where it says, as you acknowledge me publicly, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. And and so we want to encourage you to take that step. Um, And we're going to worship now. And then straight after worship, we're going to be baptising. I encourage you to, to celebrate with them. And then remember, new people, as you go out the door, grab your first cappuccino um, after the baptisms and then if you need to get want to get into a view group you can go straight to the banner or use our website and get into a view group for the next five weeks as we go through the book of Galatians awesome